0: this is cruise radio if this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything it is to always have travel insurance get a quote today at tripinsurance.com broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in jacksonville florida this is cruise radio hey how's it going my name is doug parker thanks for checking out this episode of cruise radio very happy to have you here a review of carnival vista this week also sherry laskin is here with cruise news had a couple of episodes of Cruise Radio Rewind. Uh, I did one Sunday and Monday, so an encore presentation. I don't know whatever you want to call it, but we were basically chatting about breaking down the cruise lines, no sale order that the CDC issued. We also talked about how cruise lines will change moving forward. Once they eventually do start back up again, you can find both of those at cruise And while you're there, I actually created a couple of tabs on the website on the top of the page. There's a tab for cruise radio podcast and the daily audio briefs. If you want to stream the show from the website, Just slide your little mouse over to cruiseradio.net. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Busy, busy week, Sherry.
1: Yeah, hi, Doug. It it sure has been.
0: Carnival Cruise Line has extended their suspension of their North America operations.
1: Right. So originally set for May 10th to resume service because of this new no-sale order set up by the CDC, Carnival Cruise Line has extended its suspension of North American departures until June 26th this year. The cruise line now has a return to service date set for the day after, which would be June 27th. And they have also announced they've canceled all sailings of the Carnival Sunrise itineraries out of New York City throughout the rest of this year. And they've also outlined the compensation they're going to offer for their canceled cruises, which really has not changed much since the last round of cancellations came through. But very briefly, if you have a cruise of six days or more and it was canceled, you can either choose a 100% future cruise credit plus $600 onboard credit per stateroom to be used on your next cruise. Or if you don't want to go at all, you can get a 100% refund. And similarly, if we have a cruise of five days or less, You can ask for the 100% future cruise credit plus $300 on board credit per stateroom for your next cruise. Or again, you can receive a 100% refund if you just don't want to go.
0: And at the time of broadcast, uh, Norwegian and Royal Caribbean have not pushed their extension dates. They're still locked into May. Holland America and Princess have also canceled through the end of June. And speaking of the CDC, Sherry, they did that. Yeah, they extended that no-sale order for 100 days.
1: And that no-sale order will remain in effect until one of these three situations occurs when federal health officials determine it's now the end of a public health emergency or the CDC director rescinds or modifies the order, or 100 days pass after the date of this order, and then, of course, you know, it would be over, hopefully. And the CDC is requiring that cruise companies develop a comprehensive detailed operational plan, as they put it, and it has to be approved by themselves, the CDC, and the Coast Guard. And it also has to include, quote, a fully implementable response plan with limited reliance on state, local, and federal government support.
0: I also found it interesting, and we didn't learn this until a couple of days ago, but the CDC originally wanted it to be 120 days, and then the vice president's office stepped in and said, "Uh uh-uh, make it 100 days, so they filed it as a 100-day extension instead of 120
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's 20 20 less days to have to be out of service. But then again, this is also fluid. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I mean,
0: exactly. I mean, they could do 100 more. We really don't know at this point. Um, And it looks like Norwegian Cruise Line is downsizing a popular free at sea perk.
1: They are. And they're making the change to the popular free dining perk incentive, which I know everybody loves to use their specialty restaurants for free. So the way it's going to be now is cruises that are between three and five nights They'll still only get one single meal in the specialty restaurant and they can choose which one. But those are on a sailing between six and eight nights who would have received three nights worth of specialty dining are now only get two nights. And those who have a sailing between nine and ten nights who would have had four specialty restaurant options to choose from will not only have three, and for those on cruises of 11 or more nights, well, they used to get five nights of specialty dining for free. They're only going to get four, and you have to cruise for 15 nights or longer now to get five specialty dining perks. So, yeah, they're dropping it and extending the how many nights you need to sail to get the maximum, so... That's a big
0: change. Yeah. A lot of changes for Norwegian this month. They actually, they increased their gratuity this month. And Mm -hmm. one other thing, oh, they are renaming their mini suites to club suites now. So I guess if you're going to make all these changes, you might as well do it when you're not sailing to avoid less people getting pissed off.
1: (laughs) Do it all at once. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, Some sad news. Uh, One of Royal Caribbean's founders passed away over the weekend.
1: Yeah, he was 90 years old. His name was Arne Willemson, and like you said, he was one of the founders of Royal Caribbean Cruises Limited when it was called RCCL. He died Saturday in Palma, Spain at, again, 90 years old. He was born in Oslo, Norway, and then he, after education, he uh, he came over to the United States for some education. He became president of his family shipping company in 1961, And he's really credited with bringing the cruise industry to Miami, not New York, as many people would have thought. And then in 1970, he launched the 724-passenger Song of Norway, which I remember, followed by the Nordic Prince and the Sun Viking. And of course, all three of those ships, you know, had bared reference to his homeland. Um, Just a little tidbit about what happened to the Song of Norway, if anyone's interested. I love old ships and where they end up and all the different name changes. But remember, it was built in 1970. And in 2013, um, well, it was eventually sold to China, became a casino ship, and then uh, sold for scrap, like I started to say, in 2013. And then it was finally broken apart in China in 2014. So these were really awesome ships, those, those three sisters. They carried less than 750 passengers when they were first introduced. And I remember the old Viking crown lounge had this, you know, the big round, um, not everybody's, not all the ships have them, but you had to enter from the outside of the ship. So you, you imagine being all dressed up, you want to go to the Viking crown lounge for a cocktail before or after dinner. And you had to go outside on deck and go up this narrow, um, I, w- I would call it like a maritime stairway, you know, those metal with the with the Mm handrails in order to get into the Viking crown lounge. It was kind of interesting. So I can see why uh, the entrance was changed eventually, but um, yeah, those were great ships and it's really sad that he's gone, but uh, we thank him for what he did for us.
0: He was definitely a visionary and he, it was basically his idea to make Caribbean centric cruise ships. In fact, I'm reading a book right now, devils on the deep blue sea and he is mentioned in it. In fact, there's, there was a lot of shady activity happening in the 80s with the cruise industry. In fact, this is a good quarantine book to read. You know, it's uh, Devil's on the Deep Blue Sea. I'll, I'll link it up in the show notes. But it's a really good book, and it really kind of exposes and talks a lot about the industry in the early days of it when things were just getting fired up with Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and Carnival Cruise Line. And he was around when Sovereign of the Seas came out. Remember, that was the first cruise ship over, what, 2,000 passengers in 88?
1: Yeah, it was. And that, when, when that ship moved up to Port Canaveral, it everybody loved it. Everybody went on these weekend cruises on the Sovereign. We loved the broken clock in the lobby. I wonder how many of your listeners remember seeing this broken clock that was standing mm-hmm. there. Never worked. But uh, yeah, that was a wonderful ship. And we were all sorry to see that one go.
0: We were just talking about the CDC wanting cruise lines to detail their procedures moving forward. And we got a peek at Princess Cruises on Wednesday afternoon.
1: Yeah, they did publish a list of their new, um, what they're calling travel restrictions. Basically, it's following the protocol to set up something to present to the CDC so they can get going again. And, And it's kind of lengthy. And I, you know, it's probably what other cruise lines are going to adapt to as well, especially in Carnival Corp. But basically, it states what happens if guests and crew members that meet certain criteria, what will happen to them when they're unable to sail. Guests who are unable to sail because of a failure to meet the following criteria will be issued a full cruise credit or refund, and that's key to note, if... They've been in contact with a suspected or confirmed case of COVID-19 or a person under monitoring COVID-19 or if they're suffering from a fever or flu-like symptoms prior to embarkation, they will be entitled to a full cruise credit or refund, which is nice. And the same will apply to crew members, service staff and visitors. They will not be allowed to board. Um, So that's, you know, that's one basic thing. And then before embarkation, there's going to be thermal scanning of all guests and crew. They're going to note that they have to do one of those health declarations that we've all seen, you know, have you had a sore throat? Have you had a cough? And everyone, half the time I know people, they're coughing and they say, no, they're fine. But now if you don't disclose any symptoms of illness or basically if you lie, um, you will be disembarked at the next port, or you can even face legal consequences. So no more fooling around with those pre-boarding documents. They're saying they're going to you know more frequently sanitize tables, chairs, menus, and other surfaces. Of course, you know, that should be done without hesitation anyway. More frequent open deck sanitation of the sun loungers, the outdoor furniture, the sports equipment, handrails, etc basically more sanitizing for frequently hand touched surfaces everywhere. No more self-service at the buffets or even the ice cream machines. And then in the state rooms are going to clean, of course, like they always do. But now they say they will pay particular attention to bathrooms and again, frequently touched surfaces, corridors, you know, they're going to wipe down the handrails more, the stateroom door handles. And this is interesting. They're going to keep the partition doors that go between um, different areas of the ship, those are going to be kept open so people don't always have to touch them to open and, you know, to get through from one area to the next. They're advising passengers to pack 14 extra days of medication and bring along a list of, of what you take. And some people change the containers so that you have the name, the strength, the dosage um, in case you need to get a refill make sure you provide an emergency contact phone number. A lot of these are basic things that you would think of, but a lot of people, especially first time or new cruisers, they don't know to do all this. And of course they're recommending trip insurance and they're, they're hyping purchase princess vacation protection because you can also add on a cancel for any reason coverage. They are outlining it in a way that, you know, On one hand, it's logical, and on the other hand, it gives people a chance to actually cancel out if they're not feeling well and not lose their money.
0: As always, if you want to check out a detailed list of the policy changes, you can find that at cruiseradio.net. Listener question here is from, oh, actually, she doesn't want me to use her name, but she says, Unlike your listener last week, I'm getting a divorce and getting my name back to my maiden name ASAP. I booked the cruise under my married name last year. What's involved in changing from my married name to my maiden name with the cruise line?
1: Well, the process should be the same as last week's question, changing the reservation from your own name to your new husband's last name. So for you, just make sure your passport and all your other travel documents have your own name and not your husband's last name. Get this done as soon as possible, especially with a passport, because that can take time and immediately call the cruise line as soon as you're positive you're going through with your divorce and change your last name with the cruise line also to your own name. So there's really no issue as long as it's the same person and not a new person on the booking. That's where it gets a little little uh, hiccup in it because they may cancel that and rebook it. But as long as you're calling them anyway, check the pricing. Maybe they've lowered the cost of the cruise Or if not, maybe you can upgrade for a very similar price. You know, that might happen too. Everything is so up in the air right now. You might get a better cabin.
0: Sherry, let me ask you this, and this is just for my curiosity. If you were my travel agent and I wanted to do a name change, could you do that on my behalf or would I have to contact the cruise line to change my name?
1: Now, that's a very good question. Once you work with a travel agent, only the travel agent can access the booking. So you would then have to call your travel agent Give her or him the information that is needed, and the travel agent will then contact the cruise line with the updated information for your names.
0: Email your questions, doug at cruiseradio.net. I feel like we're doing a lot of domestic uh, legal type questions here lately, Sherry.
1: That's kind of interesting. Let's see what happens. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Sherry, as
0: always, thank you. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: You too, Doug. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.
2: If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device,
0: ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime, straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. A couple of months ago, Andrew took a cruise on Carnival Vista out of Galveston, Texas. It went to Honduras, Belize, and Cozumel. He joins us on the line. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Doug? Good, good. You're up in chilly Wisconsin, right?
2: Yep, it is very chilly here. Uh, We're in central Wisconsin in Wausau, or actually just outside of Wausau, a suburb called Weston, Weston. And it is uh, currently uh, 31 degrees.
0: (laughs) Oh, so a cruise was very nice for you this time of year. So before we get to the ship itself, Carnival Vista, we'll take a step back and we may have just answered the question, but why did you decide to take this seven night cruise on Vista?
2: Well, actually, we normally cruise in January because my job allows me Um, I'm a relief driver, so I basically fill in when other people are taking vacations and no one is taking a vacation in January. So that's when I normally take my vacation. And it's also nice to kind of get away from the ongoing snow and cold that we deal with up here. But this cruise, I actually won from a travel agency and there was like less than a four week period that I could book it in. And this was the only cruise that My work would let me have off and um, also lined up with one of the cruises that I could choose. So didn't have a whole lot of choices, but this is the cruise we landed on. I'm not going to complain with a free cruise.
0: Yeah, why not? So you make your way down from Wisconsin to Galveston. Any pre-cruise time down there?
2: This was the first time that we flew in the day of, and I was kind of nervous about that. But hearing the advertisements on your show for tripinsurance.com, Actually went with that route and found a package that worked for us um, just in case because, again, when we flew out of uh, Milwaukee, it was um, snowing and like in the 30s. And there were some cancellations of flights, but we luckily did not have any issues, had a direct flight from Milwaukee down to to, uh, George Bush International. And I actually have a cousin and her husband that live just outside of Houston. So they were able to pick us up and drive us down through the uh, horrible traffic that we dealt with. But still got to the cruise terminal at our check-in time of 1.30. That's also the latest we've ever checked in. Normally I get faster to the fun. One time we had a suite, so we ha- already had the priority. Um, and normally we're on the ship by 11 o'clock. This time we got there. The port was not very busy. There was a lot of por- a lot of porters that had empty carts walking around, waiting for someone to pull up. Um, and with that said, they were just beginning to close some of the security lines. So when we walked in, from the time we got out of my cousin's car to the time we were on the ship was maybe ten minutes.
0: Is this your first time sailing from Galveston?
2: It was our first time. I th- let's see, we've done two out of Fort Lauderdale. We did one out of um, Miami, and then one of our previous cruises then also was out of uh, New Orleans.
0: What were your first impressions once you boarded Carnival Vista?
2: Our last cruise was on the horizon, okay, and we got on this ship, and it felt like we didn't get off because our last cruise was in January. So it was still fresh in our minds. Um, We got on. Uh, The major difference was um, we had our daughter with us on this cruise. Uh, It's my wife and I and then our uh, two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Parker. Half of it was just paying attention to her and getting her hyped for this Mm because we've been watching um, videos at home, and she's just developing her vocabulary, so she's just constantly saying, boat, boat, boat. (laughs) And we get on, and the first thing we notice is that it is decorated for Halloween, and there is that massive... Um, creepy looking pumpkin statue in the atrium and our daughter lost her mind in a great way she anytime we walked past that thing she just was ecstatic to go up and sit next to the pumpkin man and <laughs> she was playing around it um, she just we could sit at the bar right there in the atrium and she was just like enthralled by how awesome pumpkin man is and so much so that I had to go out and buy one of those inflatables for Halloween to put in our yard of a pumpkin (laughs) man (laughs) getting on the ship. Um, we were kind of purpose driven As soon as we got on, we knew we needed to go to guest services to, um, get a crib because we didn't want to haul around our pack and play. And we figured that she would still fit in a crib, which they actually told us to just call our, um, or our housekeeping more or less when we got to our room for them to bring one for us. And then the other thing we were set on doing was getting over to that shore excursion desk and book the Behind the Fun Tour, which apparently you can't book ahead of time. You only can book it once you're on the ship because not all ships offer it, I'm told. Again, this is our fifth cruise, and we were not able to get it. We got on – we were on the ship before 2 o'clock, and it had already filled up. So apparently a lot of people know about that Behind the Fun Tour. And, um, yeah, we weren't able to get it. So – um we headed off to our stateroom from there.
0: What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it?
2: We booked a guaranteed balcony, mainly because we had our daughter on a cruise when she was nine months old, I believe. Yeah. And that was a whole family cruise. So we had um, my wife's parents with her and my mom was us- with us. And we had two with the balcony, the adjoining balcony. and. That was our first time cruising with an infant, and we found out that the crib fit perfectly at the end of the king-size bed, right below the TV. So when I was looking at different options for this cruise, we normally would go with the cheapest option, an interior room, not on deck one or two, but a little bit higher. But knowing that we had our daughter with us, we wanted to make sure it worked and we weren't frustrated, so we booked a, a guaranteed balcony knowing that that crib would fit.
0: How was the space in the cabin with the crib?
2: It worked out just fine. We don't – we're not people that cruise to sit on the balcony all day. Sure. I I mean my my wife would take naps in the room um, or go out on the deck and walk around. We don't really utilize that balcony like some people do, so it wasn't um, necessary. But we do like that little bit of extra space that the uh, balcony room offers over the uh, interior. And um, we – We're surprised that buying that guaranteed balcony, I've never done that before. Normally, I like to choose the exact room location. With that guaranteed balcony, um, when we had our check-in time 90 days before the cruise, we ended up getting um, assigned to Deck 11, uh, which I was happy with because the higher up happier. And Deck 11 also has uh, the spa, which we utilize for the thermal suites and Uh, On the other side of the uh, pool deck is also um, Camp Ocean for our daughter. So we had a very nice streamlined kind of path to go back and forth to the room. The only downside was our room was directly below the water park. And while the water park was open, every time that big bucket would dump water, it made a big thud in our room. Um, (sighs) Thankfully, that was only during the day. We didn't have to deal with that at night. It did kind of make for a little bit of worrisomeness um with our daughter's naps because she's usually napping around like two to four so it was (laughs) it was we could we um had a uh, baby monitor in the room or actually the baby monitor wouldn't work. We ended up using um, our um, um, FaceTime on our phones. We'd leave one phone in the room and then we would stay pretty nearby, but still be able to walk around a bit while she was napping. And every time that bucket would dump, we could hear it through the uh, FaceTime audio. Other than that, it was a great room, great location, didn't have any nasty neighbors. And that's the only noise we noticed
0: Yeah, because that power drencher is like 200 gallons. So that's what 1400 pounds hitting the deck every few minutes.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) when when we did take our daughter to the water park, that was one thing I was very mindful of because Mm -hmm. she was too small to go on the big water slides, but the little water slides she'd be on and to walk up the stairs, you walk right where that dump zone is. Yeah. So I'm just like keeping an eye on her as she's coming down the slide and making sure she's not going to get hit with that because that would just take her out. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. So let's talk about dining before we jumped on air. You were telling me that you did all three specialty restaurants, but let's start at the main dining room. So what time dining did you have?
2: Well, this was the shortest time we had between booking and actually getting the cruise. Like I said, we normally have faster to the fun that was already sold out when we booked. And then both of the dining times um, were already full, which I thought was odd. But anytime dining was opened, and we did anytime dining on our first cruise uh, and that was uh, five, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were fine with it then, but that was also our first cruise. So we didn't have anything to compare it to. All of our previous cruises after that have been uh, the early dining. Uh, so that's our preference. But because it was full, we thought we'll do this and kind of go with the flow because um, we also know that the buffet is always available, that kind of thing. And. Um, Having our daughter, we wanted to eat early as possible. So having the option to eat right at five thirty was a little bit of a plus. Um, overall, we were not happy with anytime dining. I know from other interviews I've heard you do, and then on other podcasts I listen to, um, a lot of people really prefer that anytime dining. And we don't. We felt very like it, there was it wasn't as a personal experience having a different uh, waiter when we went. And we also found the service was extremely slow. Um, both times we went, or I should I should correct myself. The first time we went, I booked on the app. And right when it opened at 530, I booked. We had a 10-minute wait on the app. And they said then the, the uh, table's ready for 10 minutes after that. So we had time to get down there. Um, we got seated. And... We had the normal three, like the head waiter and the assistant waiter, whatever. We had the three people coming, but like we asked, we had the drink package, so we asked for bottled water right away. And we had two people keep on filling our glasses with like the tap water. And we'd have to keep reminding them that we ordered this. Um, And between entrees, there was just a, a lot of downtime. And we were finding that wasn't really working for our daughter because. She will eat, and then she is done, and when she's done, she wants to go play. Between the slow service, the waiter's not really having any connection to us, not knowing our names, not greeting us when we got there. We just really did not prefer that anytime dining. And this has been very contrasted to the other um, experiences we've had in the main dining room on our previous cruises where they greet us by name, we've had excellent service, so I don't know if it was the sailing if we had just had a bad weight staff or if this is how any time dining is on this ship but um, just weren't impressed with it. Um, so we really only sought out the main dining room when our favorite dishes were on the main, on the menu mm-hmm. which is specifically those fruit soups that both my um, w- wife and I love and then the one night that they have the um, grand Marnier uh, souffle for dessert. Those are the like the Two times we had to go and get those things, but we kind of got there, ate our meal as fast as we could, and then headed out.
0: You know, on the subject of anytime dining, it's not just you, Andrew. I have have a lot of – I think I have like 168 paid days on Carnival. And the main dining room, the anytime dining has always been so off. And I don't know if it's because if you're on a set dining time, they have to turn the dining room over in a certain amount of time where anytime dining is kind of just come as you are laid back feel, at least in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And I saw I I follow uh, John Held on uh, Facebook and a while ago he was asking about someone had commented on like the showtime that happens in the dining room. And if you are. If you love it or if you don't like it, we've never had a problem with it because when you're at the set dining time, they do it kind of after everyone has their entrees, you're eating, you're not really – I mean I was never rushed to get out of there. But at the same time, like you said, they're they're trying to flip the dining room over for the next, uh, next seating. So they do their show time and then immediately you got your dessert here. The first time we went, showtime was before we got our entrees, Mm. and we saw our entrees come out with one of the people bring them out and set them um, by one of the stands, and the table next to us got served, and then the guy started dancing, and then he served the other table next to us and started dancing, and so it's like our food's sitting there, and by the time we got it, it just wasn't, I mean, it wasn't cold, but it wasn't, like, fresh out of the kitchen, so, and then the second time we went, it was before dessert, and we, we had well finished our entrees waiting for the dessert menu, and then they did showtime, and it was one of the last evenings of the ship, uh, last evenings of the sailing. So there was a little bit more celebration going on, a little bit longer showtime, and we just felt like, okay, I wanted that souffle. I, I came for that souffle, so I'm not going to leave, but we were getting kind of frustrated that— Especially in the main dining room during the seating times, we've also noticed that when they're doing showtime, they have at least one waiter assigned to you that isn't doing the dancing. And he'll still be helping you if you need things. Mm -hmm. Here, it seemed like everyone just left us and did their thing and then came back when they were done.
0: Yeah, it could be a dumpster fire sometimes. Let's talk about the Lido Deck Marketplace. How was your experience in there? We
2: never did that for dinner for us. We always kind of use that as a grazing option if it's opened and we're hungry and we're walking past it. We'll grab something. But it worked very well this time to feed our daughter because after that – that we went to the main dining room the first night. And we kind of got a feel for what was on the kids' menu and how our daughter was doing and decided that's really not something we want to try again with her. So we focused on giving her kind of a buffet dinner and – she loved being able to pick out what she wanted. She may not have eat, eaten everything that she picked out, but at the same time, she got a good variety of stuff. Um, she got her, full, or her fill of what she needed. And being able to find a, a corner booth or something where she could sit and kind of walk around work because we didn't want to use... We, it was actually kind of hard to find any of the um, high chairs in the um, Lido marketplace. But we found a booth where she could kind of be cornered in and she was very overwhelmed with so much new stuff to look at and do <laughs> that she wasn't always on the best behavior mm-hmm. and could get a little overwhelming at times and so being able to deal with her in more of an open environment was a little bit better than um, trying to keep her strapped in in the dining room
0: out of Cucina gg's in fahrenheit 555 steakhouse which one was your favorite
2: Cucina del Capitano is by far our favorite restaurant on Carnival. Um, we discovered it on the horizon, and I think we went two or three times on that ship. And here we knew we wanted to go at least once. We ended up going twice, one went once with our daughter, the other time without – Uh, We utilized Camp Ocean for her to kind of—we would feed her, and then after the dining time was over for the kids, we'd take her up there, and then we'd make our dinner reservation. There's not something on that menu that we don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife's favorite is always the risotto. I love the risotto. I wanted to try different things this time. So we got the calamari, which was excellent. Uh, I got the meatball, which— wasn't outstanding but it was better than Olive Garden I mean it was it was still a very good meatball um, but the one thing that surprised me that the um, our waitress um, recommended was the the housemaid uh, Beretta I've never heard of this before it was cottage cheese wrapped with mozzarella served with some um, cherries that were poached in I think wine or something and it was a very light, Very flavorful dish. She says a lot of people actually don't like it. Um, I thought it was amazing. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, the land of cheese. So cheese stuffed in cheese sounds way better than anything we have here. So it was excellent. Um... For entrees, I, I think my wife got the Brenzino, which she said was very good. But also, I mean, that place is very filling. Um, they always let you get more appetizers. So when we're having trouble deciding, they're always saying, well, you can have more than one. We'll share these or you can have more of these. So we always got like two appetizers or one appetizer each and then one appetizer to share. And they'd always bring a double portion of that. So she had the fish. Uh, she said it was very good. Um and then uh, the other night she had the risotto. I uh, got things that I had not tried before. One night I got the uh, tomahawk pork chop, which was hands down the grill flavor on it was amazing. It was perfectly cooked. Um, it was it was outstanding. It was juicy. It was. I mean, I don't. I didn't even touch my side dishes because I mean, it's a massive pork chop that by itself is a massive meal. You had appetizers and side dishes to that, it's nearly impossible to finish, but it was by far my favorite meal. And then something I was I was actually just looking before the interview on the uh, Carnival website to try to find the name of the dish I had, but they have two different veal dishes in the restaurant. One of them I had on the last cruise and I didn't love. It was ground veal with, um, I think it was cavatelli pasta, and that was okay. It wasn't my favorite, but this time there was a different veal dish that was thinly sliced veal that i think was like lightly breaded like scallopini it was phenomenal and i i can't find it on the menu so i don't know if they don't just don't have the updated menu on here or if it was something exclusive to that ship but it was outstanding it was so good i I, it was very rich i wasn't able to finish it um but it was again those those were my two favorite meals on the ship
0: Let's talk about the entertainment on this seven-night cruise. What did you think of it?
2: We are not ones that really seek out the shows. Uh, Again, we went on our first cruise, and it was okay. But we kind of – we like to explore and find the other things that maybe aren't jam-packed with a bunch of people. So we did um, the comedy showcase in the main theater um, once – And we weren't impressed with the comedy, and we actually heard a lot of just kind of mumbles, and they just didn't like the um, comedians they had on the ship. And on our previous cruise, we did a lot more comedy. This time, having our daughter with us, it made it a little bit more difficult to make it to some of those shows we wanted to. But we found out we weren't really missing too much. We like doing the art auctions. Uh, It's something that both my wife and I enjoy doing. We did uh, a couple of the dive-in movies which they always have great movies that basically just came out of theaters. And that's usually when I find my time to find one of the um, um, nice couches up on the smoking deck. I think, yeah, it's deck 11 Mm -hmm. um, on one of the sides. Right at the bottom of the stairs, you can... You usually find someone with an ashtray nearby and sit next to them. And I have a couple cigars while I'm watching the movie. One night we did um, check out the IMAX theater, which was pretty cool. I've been in an IMAX theater once when I was at, child and my wife had never been to an IMAX theater there was probably 10 other people in there with us we ended up seeing Gemini Man um pretty good movie and just cool experience being on an IMAX theater in the middle of the ocean also did the thrill theater a couple nights um a little bit scarier than I was expecting I'm not easily spooked and knowing that it's a like a 3d environment or 4d environment kind of made it a little more appealing to me my wife wasn't impressed with it it was I mean it was just something that was trying to scare her, and she didn't love it. But I thought it was a pretty cool experience, and for like $5.50 a person, it wasn't a bad deal. But uh, most nights, we ended up in the casino and didn't do too bad. We didn't didn't lose our money, but we didn't gain any money. We were kind of up and down all cruise long, so we got enough entertainment out of it. And like I said, didn't lose anything, so <laughs> we're happy there.
0: How was the smoke in and around the casino? Um,
2: They had it kind of uh, different. I I don't know if I just haven't paid attention, but but they did have it more sectioned off on this one, that some tables had smoking and some tables didn't have smoking. Um, Same with the slots. There was certain slot machines that were designated smoking areas and ones that weren't. And it seemed like the non-smoking areas were kind of along that promenade path through there. Um, But you could definitely, while you're in the casino, you could smell it. But The minute you left, it didn't linger around like the elevators or just by the atrium there. It didn't really go out. Um, I will say that one of the tables we like to play at was Let It Ride, and there was always this gentleman that was – I don't know. We were probably there for two hours, and I think he went through a full pack of cigarettes in those two hours. And so we walked out of there smelling like it on us, um, which – It doesn't bother me that my wife minds a little bit more. So I kind of try to create a buffer, put her on the end of one of the tables. And then I kind of sit next to her to kind of give her a little bit of a buffer if anyone's smoking at the table. Um, But didn't I mean, the other thing about this cruise was once we were on board, we found out it was one of Carnival's ultra cruisers, free cruises, whatever they give to like the high rollers. I don't know all the details of it, but the casino was jam packed. All the time we would usually go during the day when our daughter was napping because it was pretty close to where our room was Um, and then. We would go sometimes in the evening and we found that the last evening, once they had given away all the big prizes and all the free cruises that the casino kind of emptied out. So we were able to spend a little bit more time in there, but that casino was always jam packed with people. um, And I think that caused the whole casino, even with the designated smoking areas to feel a lot smokier than when we've experienced in the past.
0: How was the ship on sea days as far as crowds and congestion?
2: That's one other thing that we were surprised with up here basically kids just went back to school but apparently down south they have something called fall break so our ship had a ton of kids so the like the area like on both sides where uh, blue iguana and guys burger is that between those lines And the ice cream machines, it was like just a madhouse to try to get through on sea days. Um, The ice cream machines, there was always a mess that someone was trying to clean up. Uh, There was always a long line of kids there. And Guy's Burgers and Blue Gun are always busy no matter what time you go. So that's the really main congestion point. The other thing I noticed were pools were just overrun with kids and families. Um, So we did find some time to go in the pool, but we kind of spent our ship time – to go on the pool and kind of do those things um, on the port days when we weren't going off the ship. But um, yeah, between the water park, the pools and that congestion area of both on both sides, um, right outside the Lido marketplace where kind of the, really bad areas, but honestly, just about any carnival ship I've been on, that's always that one congestion point.
0: You went to three ports of call on this cruise, Honduras, Belize, and Cozumel. Give us a highlight from each port. Mahogany Bay,
2: we've uh, which is Brotan, we've uh, been to before. However, we've always just stayed by the shops, not realizing that you don't have to take that paid um, like chairlift ride down to the beach to get to the beach and on our, um, it was two cruises ago. We went there and my father-in-law and mother-in-law had found a way down to the beach and realized it's open to the public. And that's probably a little bit of, um, fault on my part for not doing my research to try to find out what else there was to do there other than excursions. Cause we really don't like to do excursions, but this time we made an effort to find that path to get down to the beach, got down there. We were the only ship in port, um, And we were we found a chair like two rows back from the beach um, under some trees. Outstanding weather there. Um, The beach wasn't overrun. There was a lot of people just spread out because of how long it was. And then found another family actually from Minnesota that let us share one of their big um, rafts that they had rented Hmm. and let Parker jump around on there for a while. We um, ended up um, going back on the ship for lunch. And then by that time, it was our daughter's uh, nap time. So my wife um, put her down, and then she went to the um, thermal suites to kind of relax there. And I went back off the ship to grab um, some hot sauce that my uh, father-in-law wanted me to get. Um, rotan rectal fire hot sauce. <laughs> Apparently, it's good. I haven't tried it yet, but uh, I got a bottle for myself. But then I ended up walking down to the um, the beach area again and rented a kayak for an hour and you kind of go in that back half of the beach island. There's kind of two separate islands. And you, you go on that back half, and I was the only one out there. It was really calm. Um, took me probably 20 minutes to get out to this one point. They tell you, don't go past the buoys, because that's like the ocean from there on out. And uh, so you could see the waves crashing on some rocks. There was this little deserted beach um, that might have been used for something at once. But you kind of just parked the kayak there and took some cool, really cool pictures and um, and then kind of had a cigar on the way back and just relaxed and got some cool pictures of the ship. Um, and by that time, there was really not many people left on the on the island. Um, I think our time back on the ship was like 4 o'clock or 3.30. And um, I think I was out there at like 2. And it was very few people out there. So it was nice to kind of just have a, a nice, quiet kayak ride and not ha- having a – running around crazy
0: and then how was belize
2: belize uh we've been to once and again didn't really do a whole lot of research to find out what there is to do there other than the excursions so because we've already been there and we didn't want to do the um the tender or water taxi whatever they call that now um we didn't want to do that because last time we got really burnt on that ride to and from the ship so we decided belize we will stay on the ship enjoy the ship while it's More or less half empty, spent some time in the pools that day um, when it was less busy and uh, just had a nice relaxing day on the ship.
0: And how was your final port of call, Cozumel?
2: Uh, Cozumel was excellent. This is, I actually, on the choice of cruises I had to choose from, I wanted to make sure it went to Cozumel because our next two cruises do not go to Cozumel. And Cozumel is where I get my Cuban cigars. I take a taxi down to kind of where like Disney ports and where like Senior Frogs is by that uh, downtown square. Um, there is a restaurant called Wet Wendy's, which has phenomenal drinks, massive margaritas, um, And a nice, really outdoor seating area. Hands down, some of the best food I've had at Cozumel. Um, But right there is a cigar shop called uh, Havana Bob's. And um, Bob is from Texas and married a Mexican and opened a shop. But just great customer service, great prices. And that area is kind of, it is a little touristy. But I found that Wet Wendy's is kind of just a little bit off the beaten path so Mm -hmm. that if you're looking for just a few drinks, maybe some Wi-Fi, and uh, just a place to relax, it is a uh, excellent place. It's just – I would say I think it's to the north side of that main square in like downtown Cozumel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did that, and then when I got back to the port, I always liked that uh, one – Um, shop that has a lot of the crafts in it. Um, They're usually not high pressure like some of the other shops and we bought some glassware for our house there but um, made my way back on the ship and uh, had a nice again relaxing afternoon because I would say I think the ship was supposed to leave at 3.30 and actually ended up watching, we were at the water park and we watched a couple people coming on late and then the captain just let loose on the horn uh, we did not leave. We were supposed to leave at three or four. I think back on time, back on board time was three thirty. We were supposed to pull out of port at four. We didn't leave until after five, mm. and we ended up leaving some people behind. Oh. And we all had a very good view of it.
0: <laughs> oh no! So you make your way back to Galveston. How was disembarkation?
2: It was uh, good. Again, like I said, normally we have faster the fun. This time we weren't able to get it, but. Kind of in a slight panic moment at the same time. It was a perk for us. Our flight time got changed to an hour earlier. So I let them know about that. They told us if you were able to take your luggage off that you can uh, meet in the Liquid Lounge at like, I think it was 7 or 6.45 or 7. It was pretty early. Um, You meet in there, and that's where they have all the faster, the fun people, the sweet guests, the Diamond Platinum people. Um, It was very organized. You had your luggage lined up as basically your spot in line, and then you could have a seat and relax until you were ready to get off. Um, So we were kind of in the first group to get off. Once we got into the um, port, uh, customs went pretty quick. I would say from the time we stepped off the ship to the time we were at the curb was maybe 15, 20 minutes. It took a little bit longer because uh, Galveston has some different liquor laws that you have to pay a tax on the liquor. So if we had a little bit of liquor that we bought in um, Roatan, so we had to step aside to a different line to um, pay for that, which I probably won't cruise out of Galveston for that reason because I like to stock up on really good liquor prices. Here I had to pay – like $3.50 for each 750-milliliter bottle that we were taking off the ship. So probably wouldn't cruise out of Galveston for a couple reasons, and that being one of the main ones. The other one was that port just—I don't know if it's, if it's that much older. It just wasn't very clean, and the staff there just weren't the friendliest. Um, but we did hear that after we got off the ship— um, I saw on the Facebook page, uh, of that sailing that, uh, Matt Mecham was actually just getting back on the ship because we were hoping to have him as our cruise director. We got, um, she always called herself Kendall fire. I think her name was Kendall. She was not a bad cruise director. She, you could tell it just wasn't as natural as some of the other cruise directors we had. Uh, we were hoping for Matt, but, um, sounds like he's back on that ship now. Um, basically some people that, um, were still on the ship, um, that kind of, Decided to wait a little bit longer where I was able to get off um, um, and see Matt and get a picture with him.
0: All right. Well, do you have any first time tips for Carnival Vista? With Vista being as
2: big of a ship as it is, I would definitely say plan and make time to do what you want to do. And don't be upset if you can't get to everything because there is so much to do on there. It's hard to get to everything. And especially with different crowds and the lines, you may not get to do Exactly what you plan to do, but if you do enough research, figure out what you really want to do, you'll be able to do that.
0: What was your biggest highlight?
2: Definitely watching our daughter just discover and just be so um, joyous for everything that she saw, and being on the ocean and being on a big boat, I, 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 a ship. Um, she just loved that. But my my big one was the kayaking mahogany in Mahogany Bay. Just it was relaxing. It was. Really, really a
0: cool experience. All right. Final thoughts of Carnival Vista. If you
2: want to do stuff on the ship, plan on staying on the ship at one of the ports because there's a better chance of being able to do that. Um, it is – like I said, there's so much to do on that ship. Um, if there's specific things you want to do, make time for that. Um, and – try to find a longer cruise. Like this was a seven day cruise. We had lots of time to try to discover different areas of the ship. I mean, on Vista, and I was just on Horizon in January, those two ships, there's really something for everyone to do on there. So it's a, it's a great ship. Um We have plans to crew we, we have Carnival Mardi Gras booked for January of 2021. Um, but we would definitely do Vista or Horizon. Um, we would definitely do it again.
0: All right, we've been talking with Andrew about his seven-night cruise on Carnival Vista. I sure appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. ba 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 da ba da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.